What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 341 of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me on the panel is Robert DeFelice. Holy hot tags, Mango. It's the dynamic duo today. Oh, and speaking of holy hot tags, we have a lot to break down this yeah, week. Yeah, we do. You know, some weeks we have, like, nothing to talk about, and it seems like we're stretching to get three ideas. This week it's like, all right, well, here's everything. This is going to be a long one, guys, so uh, strap yourselves in. But if you don't know what the hot tags are, it's our breakdown of some of the current events and the news and the gossip and the rumors and the other kind of bullshit that's going on over the past couple of days in sports entertainment and pro wrestling and anything kind of, you know, vestigial. Wrestling related. Vestigial. That's not the fucking word I was talking about. <laughs> I'm fucking tired. <laughs> like, I didn't get any sleep. And, uh, you know, but hey, that'll make me... Uh, fun in a stupid way for this edition if i say any other stupid words like that um but we need to go back to one of the furthest ones here and talk about something that was supposed to come out last wednesday and then it came out last friday which was something else to wrestle the ecw episode they had said the reason why this didn't come out was because of controversial stuff that they wanted to edit out and they had creative they, differences. Yeah, like, creative differences of whether or not they should edit that stuff out. And lo and behold, no surprises whatsoever, they edited that stuff out. <laughs> and, I mean, at first when they said they were talking about ECW, I was like, well, what are they taking out? Like, you know, what are they referencing and stuff? And then when I found out that they're actually talking about WWE ECW, then I was like, Oh, okay, well, then we know what it is. It's fucking Chris Benoit. And, man, they did not try to gloss over the fact that they edited that section at all, did they? No, it's it's a touchy thing because, you know, for me, I think the bulk of the interest in WWE CW is that first six-month period from when they reformed to the... December to dismember pay-per-view. Yeah. But moving forward, Benoit was going to be a major piece, but ultimately he wasn't. And if you really think about it, it's not too much to gloss over. It's just literally one week. And, you know, you have to get through the pay-per-view. But yeah, so we can kind of see that there are some limits as to what they will allow on the network for something to wrestle. Uh, here's a fun fact, though. The original ECW in the vault section is the only promotion where if Benoit is on the card, they'll say his name in the description. Hmm. Very strange. Now, I don't quite hate the idea that they cut out the Benoit thing. Because I can't imagine that they would really be talking about anything that would be new or really any kind of insight to it. Because, like, what you they can didn't do. They not have any insight. Yeah. If you really think about it, they, you know, I remember that moment 
so clearly like he was supposed to wrestle punk i was very excited for it yeah All they built it up like, as like this like new generation versus an old school type of guy like could he, is he going to put over the younger guy these are the top two baby faces of the brand like seemed like it was kind of big deal yeah and it was you know uh it was going to be a decently wrestled match you know, I say decently wrestled because Punk wasn't at his peak yet. And, you know, they were just like, hey, family emergency kept Chris away. And it was like, okay. And then the next day, it was tragedy. And you thought, wow, this is really sad. And then immediately following Raw, it became double murder, suicide. We cannot talk about Benoit anymore and that awkward beginning of the ecw episode of from going on we will never talk about benoit again at the end and it was just kind of like what the hell happened like the the last time you were guys were talking about this dude he was just gonna win this title again whatever and i was um i was 14 and i was the the show is ending and they're airing the benoit tribute because it's everything on that raw was about benoit mm-hmm. and I go on W.com because I was 14 and that was my main source of news. And I just went, mom, what's a double murder suicide? <laughs> and she's like, uh, that means that he killed them and then he killed himself. I was like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're like, and wow, then, this is a weird storyline. <laughs> yeah. Then the next day it was like, oh. I didn't think anything of it. Just I just thought, wow, that's really tragic. But I didn't think, you know, we can never discuss him. You know, I just thought, wow, that's really fucked up. And then the next night it was like, well, now that the horrific events of this tragedy are well known, we will start the healing process. And other than this speech, there will be no other mention of Mr. Benoit's name. And hey, here's ECW, CM Punk, Giant Nitro. Very strange. And I kind of figure with like the Bruce Pritchard podcast that they wouldn't have been able to dive too well into that topic because number one, they don't know what happened beyond anybody else, really. Number two, what are they going to say? They're going to say, well, the plan was that Chris would have won the title or that Benoit would have beaten Chris. So then we would have had them fight and whatever like that. But then Benoit did what he did. So we decided that we would move on to Morrison. Really, that's all they would say for the most part. But it was uh, still strange to me that when the way that they cut it, it was like, okay, so then we're heading up to uh, the vengeance or whatever it was. And then it cuts to him going like, Morrison or whatever. I mean, he had so many names, and then it's like, well, you're okay. Like, clearly, there's been a, a run here of something with like the Nitro name and stuff, and we just jumped halfway into this. And then, well, if you want to hear some of it, I'm sure it's in the official WWE CW podcast that they did on the MLW Radio Network, which you know, I I prefer the audio podcasts anyway because i think if you're going to do it on the network you should do more unique content even though the backstage stuff is cool like the you know here's uh director's cut of a dibiase vignette that's cool but i've also already heard them talk about that stuff 
The However, one major benefit to them being on the network, though, is they don't cut out to do some kind of sponsor thing. That's true. Yeah, I, and I'll give you that because I do think the ads are entertaining, but they're also annoying. Like the couple episodes the- I listened to, I was getting so pissed when it would be like, you know, like uh, uh, Ted DiBiase was a real stand-up guy. You know who else are stand-up guys? The people over at uh, LL Bean and what? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you! I don't want to listen to this. Like, I speaking of which, I tried to listen to um, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. And uh-huh. um, I got about like 15 minutes or so into the first episode and not digging it a ton. Uh, I like the first episode. The first two are all right. The beginning of the Bret Hart one is good. I have elected to skip over the DX invasion slash Bischoff calling out Vince because I just I just don't care about that. Uh, but the Jericho one is pretty good. Hmm. And I think this one this week is dusty, but uh, I'm not. I haven't listened to it yet. By the way, did you know that Conrad Thompson is marrying Ric Flair's daughter, his oldest daughter? I was gonna say he's marrying Charlotte. <laughs> he's marrying Ric Flair's oldest daughter, huh? Uh, Michelle, I think her name is. Uh, Megan. Megan. Okay, then it was an M. I. I you know the thing is. I was listening to the Jericho podcast and they were talking about, I think Jericho having his first match on Nitro with Alex Wright and Bischoff goes, Alex Wright is a guy that a lot of people liked in the office. He's a guy that your future father-in-law really liked in the office. And I went, who the fuck? What? And sure enough, I Googled it and he's marrying a flair. I think that's like, he's living the dream, dude. (laughs) Yeah, wow, I didn't know that. That's that's strange. Wouldn't have pictured it. I don't remember what she necessarily looks like or anything though, she or anything about like her. An, she just looks like an older Charlotte to me. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Uh I like this episode for the most part though, the something else to wrestle. I think that it was pretty good when they kept going back and forth about the fucking zombie. Like that was funny with him just being like, You put a fucking zombie out there and him trying to defend the argument, which to credit Bruce Pritchard I get the argument, and I actually think it's a pretty smart one. Like, you're doing a send-up of the Sci-Fi Network, and you're having Sandman do something, and I, admittedly, even though I think that it's a weird decision to make, it's not a bad decision. I probably would have been sold on that if I would have been in the writer's room and somebody would have pitched out. I would have been like, hey, you know what, actually, that's probably a good idea. They'll have fun with this. And like, I like that little bit of that insight there. And, you know, I'm going to give you an unpopular opinion and I think Zombie should have won the world title. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but the original, uh, the original, I'd say the first year of the ECW product to me was actually really enjoyable. Like there was always one match that I could count on that was like, this was the funnest I've had. This is the funnest time I've had watching wrestling this week. Whether it be Flair and Big Show. For the ECW title and Extreme Rules match, or um, RVD and Sabu versus Test and Mike Knox, also Extreme Rules matches. Um, there's a really good one: Eight Man Tag, Extreme Rules, New Breed versus the ECW Originals. Yeah, good match, that. good match, man. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I just, I liked the early days of ECW and I think that people should go back on the network and watch some of them and maybe you'll find a match or two that you actually enjoy. I like that they gave a little bit of a shout out to Matt Stryker. I always thought that he was underrated, not in the ring, but like as a a manager and as a commentator, I always thought that he was really good. So I'm glad that they said positive things about him. They kind of glossed over uh, Elijah Burke a little bit. I was surprised about that. I thought that they'd talk a little bit more about him. Matt Stryker as a commentator, to me, was very relatable and very enjoyable because he actually came across like he knew the business and he gave a fuck. And Mm -hmm. like to me, that made it enjoyable. Unfortunately, because it was like 2010 when he was doing the commentary... Because he cared, they made him the butt of jokes right. for caring. And I ne- that never sat well with me because it's like, why wouldn't you want someone to care about your product? Yeah, the uh, Royal Rumble that he marks out over all the Diesel entrances, T, yeah. that to me is the standout moment of him being like the, the most enjoyable person to listen to. And they were all like, fucking nerd. And it was like... But you literally just put the person out there for people to get excited about. Like, <laughs> and and I, the, the joke's on them because how nerdy and how insider is everything today. Mm-hmm. If they would have kept Matt Stryker in that position, Matt Stryker would have been the guy to take over for that Michael Cole spot. Yes. But, you know. Or the color commentator spot, of, you know, to a certain degree. But he really, like, I wish more so than anything that there can be a future where he gets back into WWE and goes and kind of fulfills that sort of role. I don't know if that'll happen, of course, because he's, you know, been working elsewhere and I sort of can't imagine that maybe there's like a big uh, friendship with between him and Triple H. But if there is a chance for that, like, I really would like to see him back. They mentioned Marcus Corvon, so that was kind of interesting that they brought him up, but they kind of did that really quick. And I yeah, love the running gag, by the way, of the um, Bob Holly, uh, I got an idea, how about you give me the belt? <laughs> and then I, I beat think, everyone. <laughs> that's so funny because, you know, I'm sure that he's not the only person that said that. I could see, you know, a, a Brad, like a 96 Brad Shaw. Right. I got an idea. I mean, you beat everybody up. He just gave me the belt. And then what? And then I beat everyone. Like, <laughs> I can totally imagine Bob Holly doing that and everybody just being like, go home, Bob. <laughs> like, fucking love that gag. Um, I like the episode, though. I think that people should go and check it out. I'd give it my see it for sure. Yeah. Always a good time to check those guys out. We'll talk more WWE Network stuff in a little bit. Um, and did you know that th- that this coming week, they're doing... What's the one for this week? AJ Styles in TNA. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, oh, so fuck. that should be a good one. Fucking weird is that? Like, that's going to be so much fun. That'll be really interesting because now he has even less ties to those kind of people and stuff. So he could just be like, oh, Dixie was a fucking idiot. And like, you know, like different things like that. And... I kind of want him to pull out a Dixie Carter little <laughs> face thing, you know, and do an impression, but his impressions are terrible. So. Uh, well, the Vince one's not too bad when he doesn't go too overboard. And the Cornette one's kind of funny for the fact that it's like so over the top, but um, 
I, I like this episode. I really wish that they could have gotten into a little bit of the Benoit stuff, but I understand why they edited it, uh, that out. At so. some point, WWE Network is going to have to cover Chris Benoit. Like, you know, it's been 10 years. At some point, they're going to have to just just run some kind of serious documentary. Just you like, a, I mean, you can't do a WWE 365 or 24 because you don't have the footage, really. But it would be kind of interesting to do some kind of, like, retrospective. And I don't think that they ever will, but I'd like to see it. I would. I think that a lot of people would really not only enjoy it, but maybe get a little bit of closure out of it, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're so much better than they were. At one point, they were re-editing showings of WrestleMania 20 to completely cut out the main event. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like, you can't deny what he did was horrible, but at the same time, just don't glorify him. You know? Like, just be like, that's in our past. And that happened. Because it's not like nobody, nobody fucking knows, you know? And I mean, if you really want to be serious, and you know they like to do the thing where they praise themselves and the changes that they've made, talk about how Benoit really incited all of the great things you're doing now for concussions. Mm-hmm. Because- the wellness policy come out of that and everything like that's something I'd like to see in the very near future. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get it, but, you know. Never say never. WWE has filed a trademark for WWE VIP. And we usually like talked about trademarks here because a lot of the times they can come out to be something pretty interesting. But um, this is kind of confusing because it doesn't really necessarily say for what. And what I've been reading here is, um, this is from PWI, the trademark could be potentially number one, a VIP pass for live events, which I don't know why they would need to trademark that necessarily. That seems kind of strange. Or it could be a TV series, which to me, I would kind of hope not because they already have WWE 24, WWE 365, WWE Chronicle, and a bunch of other things that are like, hey, behind-the-scenes pass, and we look at something like that. So you don't need another thing like that. Just whatever the special is that you want to do, just use one of those other ones. You know, just do another 24 or whatever. Still hate the fucking name, WWE 24. It makes no sense whatsoever. WWE 24, the Hardy Boys. 24 what? <laughs> 24 years? 24, like, what? it's so goddamn dumb. I think it was supposed to be... It started out with, like, 24 hours because they would only do the one day. Like, yeah. Here's- Here's WrestleMania, here's Raw 25, but now they're branching out into things that don't make as much sense. Do Once a year, do WWE 24 WrestleMania and follow the the day of WrestleMania. And then for everything else, WWE Insider or something like that. I don't know. But um, the other thing is that it could be that tiered WWE Network. That's system. the one I'm hoping for. And with that idea, they had said before that they were thinking of, I think it was a three-tier thing, right? It was the maximum option, which was the $9.99 or $15.99. I think it was $9.99, though, was everything that you normally get. But that you could have another one that was like $5.99 and you only get like the live events or something like that. 
Do you remember like, offhand? Um, I only remember that the upgraded one is allowing next day access to Raw and SmackDown, and that's the one that I want. I would pay pretty good money for next day access to Raw and SmackDown. Hmm. Okay, so now I'm trying to look it up right now. It's uh, it would be for if I'm reading this correctly, nine ninety nine being the way that it normally is, like a four ninety nine or five ninety nine. That would only give you potentially either the old content or like the um even like less than that. So essentially, you would if you wanted to get the live pay per view for that month, you'd have to spend nine ninety nine. But then they would also have a fifteen ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine tier that would include other indie wrestling things. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming at that point that it would be like evolve progress like all the other kind of things like that yeah the promotions that they're actually working with which is cool but i really think that the next day access to raw and smackdown would be great i know why they don't do it i know that they they gave those rights to hulu and all that but i i still think and they're if they do that they would be smart not to make it 15 9 uh, 14.99 for what you currently get. If they try to boost that price up five bucks and don't offer you anything more than the next day access and or the other indie wrestling things, people are not going to subscribe to the network because right now, if they can't reach past the mark that they're at offering the live pay-per-views, that's the main reason why people have the network. And there's no question about it. The main reason is that the second main reason is like, NXT and going back and looking at old pay-per-views. Nobody's watching the network for something like the collections, you know, in comparison to those things. So the VIP thing, I don't know. I mean, we should pay a little bit of attention to it, but there's a chance that maybe it doesn't mean all that much. And maybe it is just a live event show thing. Maybe they're running trademarks for that. Here's our new uh, virtual reality concept where you can watch pay-per-views in virtual reality because you're a wwe vip it's like you're in the front that's row a, but you're not that actually yeah that could be that for sure <laughs> if it's that, if it's that i swear to god i don't i don't work there <laughs> <laughs> i would not put it past it that sounds exactly like the type of name that they would go with for that you you know, you want to see, like, you, if it would be like if you were a VIP, well, all you got to do is put in your fucking 3D glasses and whatever. That very well could be that, because they have been testing that virtual reality thing. I really I, hope I personally not. think the virtual reality stuff is bullshit, and I think that... How many years ago was it when Avatar came out? Um, Ten. Ten years at this point? I think, well, maybe nine going on ten. That kicked off this idea of doing 3D movies, and then everything was 3D. And then the movie theaters realized, maybe people don't really necessarily like 3D. And now we've seen this, like, kind of moving away from that kind of format. And now virtual reality is the thing, and that's going to be like, if the next thing is going to be virtual reality, that's not going to last either. Because I went to see Deadpool 2 in one of those 4D things. Not knowing that it was a 4D thing, Caroline bought the tickets and she was like, wait, what's, why does it say 4D on this? And I'm like, oh, we're going to get hit in the face with water and stuff right out of this. And it took me out of the movie. 
it was the type of thing where every time that they would do like a gunshot and I would feel like the uh, little shot of compressed air around my the back of my neck and everything, all I would think is just like, ah, fucking knock it off. <laughs> <laughs> like, it wasn't like, oh, now I feel like I'm actually being shot at by Deadpool. It was like, no, I want to watch the movie for the movie. I'm not in the middle of a goddamn amusement park ride. And the VIP thing for WWE, it's like within three minutes, I think, of looking at a virtual reality thing where it's like, oh, it looks like I'm kind of close to the ring. After that novelty wears off for a few minutes, I would just get a headache. Yeah, I could see that. But that might not be the VIP thing. I don't know. We'll see. I do like that idea that that might be the name of it um, as far as speculation goes. Uh, let's see, let's move on to, we're jumping around all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to the order that we're doing here. Let's talk about Jeff Hardy. There was a report that he was dealing with a pinched nerve injury, although since that report has come out, they've already announced that he's going to be fighting Shinsuke Nakamura tomorrow night on SmackDown. So, so uh, I think they're definitely big. moving to Shinsuke and, uh, Jeff Hardy. Not to get too much into Sunday, but they're, they've been going back and forth on Twitter and I'm like, all right, I'm down for it. You've exhausted Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. Move Shinsuke to the U.S. title picture. I don't think they're going to go that route. But at the same time, I kind of would much, much rather see that happen. Because, I, again, I'll talk about it on our predictions thing. I really don't want Nakamura holding that title. So, Well, it, if he goes after the U.S. title... He can start coming out to We Know Speak Americano. <laughs> I do like that song. All right. You might have sold me on it. But the other report for Jeff Hardy, and this uh, just kind of popped up not that long ago, um, is that he pled guilty to his DUI charge. Yeah, which makes sense. You know, he's he's a man who wants to accept his fault right now. And, <laughs> and he, can you really deny it? He fucked up and, you know. He's going to do his, do the right thing, and I'm okay with that. And obviously, DUIs aren't the biggest thing in the world to WWE. Yeah, he has uh, $300 in court cost, $5,000 in damages. His driver's license is suspended for 30 days, and he That's has no a 120-day uh, suspended sentence. So... Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Um, oh, that's, oh, that 2016 was a, another one that he had done, $8,000 in damages and all that other kind of stuff. But, yeah, so... You know, as long as he's modest to the top, I, I think, you know, he'll be all right. That 120-day um, suspended sentence thing is he has to complete 48 hours of community service during that time, too. But, hey, I'm the of the mentality that when people do things like this, they know what they're doing. And when they do it multiple times, you're not going to convince them to stop. And when you punish them, it's good that you punish them. But I don't think it's going to make a difference. How is he not on the card on Sunday? It might be partially for that. It might be partially for the potential pinch nerve injury. But I think more than anything, it's that they just didn't know what to do. I really think WWE's creative team right now is just being lazy. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll get into that on, on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever. Yeah, I think that that's the case. And we'll see what happens with him and Nakamura on uh, SmackDown. But 
if he competes pretty well, then I guess that pinch nerve isn't really all that much of a problem. Well, a pinch nerve to Jeff Hardy has got to be like, you know, nothing. <laughs> I'm sure he's wrestled with a lot worse. Yeah, that's true. Pinch nerve for me, I'd be like, I can't do anything forever. I'm dying. I mean, I've gotten paper cuts and been like, my day's ruined. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Johnny Saint has been named the general manager of the United Kingdom division that still has no technical name, nor any TV show, nor uh, logical maneuverability when it comes to this tournament that they're doing because they're recording, or maybe they're not even recording it, but they have done... A bunch of things at the download festival for the first have, round. They have Pete done. And uh yeah, they have Pete done. Um they are recording this on the eighteenth and the nineteenth and then airing it the next week, so that way by the time they air it, everybody knows what the hell happened, which is stupid as hell. You know why I think they're doing that? Is because for whatever reason, even though you overload us with three hours of Raw and two hours of SmackDown and one hour two oh five live they just don't want to take Monday away from Raw. Like, even if it's aired live and it's, you know, airing before, they just don't want to do it. I just think it's a stupid decision, but we won't talk about the spoilers for that, everybody. Um, those are up on com if you want to check them out. And... um but the thing to talk about is uh, the Johnny Saint thing and also another thing. We'll get to that in a minute. But Johnny Saint, I have no idea who he okay. is. All right. I wish, <laughs> wish Callum was here. We could take the bulk of this. Yeah. The, I've the, never heard this guy's name before, I think. The major world of sport wrestling, which is what a lot of people associate classic British wrestling with, Johnny Saint is like a pioneer of this really fast-paced grappling style i'm gonna try to send you a video because he's it's so good and it's so smooth and it's scary for how long ago it was but he's an absolute legend and yeah great move by WWE. and a lot of people you know calum included don't want to see wwe take over everything i don't want to see that either but what i think is happening is triple h grew up on old school NWA and I think he's trying really hard to make WWE a new NWA style hub for pro wrestling and moves like this are why I'm perfectly okay with it he's honoring the history and the culture of UK wrestling and it works I still am concerned that they haven't announced a name or a show. And I'm assuming that that's probably going to happen, you know, during the whole tournament thing, but that still kind of makes me hesitant to trust any move that they do. I'm okay with the UK title being the uh, secondary title on NXT for now. I mean, I've said before, I hate the North American title thing. So, (laughs) you know, I am when it comes to that. Uh, The other thing when it comes to the download festival is, We've gotten a renaming of Nixon Newell. She is now Tegan Knox, and she's also injured again. <laughs> so her career has not gotten a chance to get started because she came in, and right before the May Young Classic, she got injured. And now that she is like just recently gotten cleared to be able to start fighting again, she's injured. 
Well, you know, maybe her luck will turn around when she heals up, knocks on wood. <laughs> I don't know too much about her to be like, oh, I'm missing out on so much. Uh, she's cute, and from what I've heard, she is a decent wrestler, so that sucks that she can't get anywhere. But I can't be like, damn it, man, I can't wait to see her do blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what her finisher is. I do like the new name, though, Tegan Knox. It sounds a little bit porn star-ish, but... Um, we're not playing superstar or porn star right now. <laughs> I just didn't like Nixon Newell. Well, yeah, it does sound a little porn starish, but I don't know enough about her either to have any kind of opinion one way or another, but it always sucks when somebody gets injured, especially repeatedly. Cause that already means they're just gonna, they don't see much in you. If you're already getting, the reputation of being injury prone, they're not gonna mm-hmm. move you along very well. Yeah, if she ends up, this injury takes up a lot of the time and she's out for, I don't know, like five more months or something We're like that. We're gonna be talking in November. WWE released Tegan yep. Knox. <laughs> and people will be like, who's Tegan Knox? And it'll be like, this girl hey. that's in NXT that didn't do anything but, but the live events. Like, they even um they they had recorded a bunch of things for NXT for this like past set of tapings and she was in a match a six woman tag team match and they're totally not airing it like a couple yeah. other people are in the match too I think it's like uh, Jesse Elibans in it or something and you know so it goes to show that they didn't really have any plans to bring her up necessarily right now you know maybe after this takeover she would have but maybe not and maybe she would have been a part of the next may young classic i think that that's still a chance depending on how much she's injured because that's not even going to start taping until august so if she has a couple of weeks to get back into the healthy range again or something like that maybe we'll see her in the may young classic and maybe this will end up being a blessing in disguise i don't know i doubt it you never know this is not going to be a blessing in disguise, though. We're talking about Enzo Amore's most recent uh, music video and rap song, uh, Bury okay. Me a G by Real One. That's his name that he fucking goes by, because why not? And I'll give them credit, um, the people that worked on this. The background beat was better for this one. This was a lot better than, uh, I really want to call it, Consensual Penis. What's the name of his first song? Uh, Phoenix. Consensual Phoenix. <laughs> consensual Phoenix. <laughs> uh, well, it was a lot better. If he had started with this one, maybe I would have said, there's hope. But I can't get the first song and the phrase <laughs> Consensual Phoenix out of my head. So, if he would have started with this one, I still would have thought that it sucked. But I but wouldn't would- have been so... like adamantly against it because this did suck <laughs> like he's he's not really rapping he's more so just cutting a very monotone uh bland promo and that's not catchy i mean i'm the type of person i'll admit i am weird i fully admit i'm the weird one here so it's not like i'm the the benchmark i don't like bands and i don't like musicians i only like songs so if you were to tell me that like every song that I like turned out to actually be done by the same band, I would be like, oh, that's kind of weird. It wouldn't matter to me. When people are like, who's your favorite band? I'm like, I don't like any of them. I've never seen a concert. I've never wanted to see a concert because there's nobody I like enough for it. 
at most, maybe Weird Al. <laughs> you know? Just because it's like strange. You're so but Ted Mosby. It's scary. It's really it's just scary. like I I don't get like following people, and when people do the whole like that, what's that that fucking idiot's name? The one that looks like Jeff Hardy fucked a Teletubby. Oh, Post Malone. No, he's weird looking too. But um, oh, uh, uh, six nine, six nine. Yeah, that fucker is like. Why are you gonna follow that guy's career? His song, that one song that Drew had sent me, admittedly is catchy. It's stupid, but it's catchy. But if you were to tell me that that was done by Jay Z, I would be like, all right, like it doesn't matter to me. So removing Enzo Amore from the equation, if you just showed me this and I didn't know who Enzo was, I would be like, this is dumb. Knowing that it's Enzo. And looking at the lyrics afterward, because I couldn't understand like half of what he was saying, because it's just, you know, when you've got uh, poor grammar in your um, in your rapping, I tend to immediately like you lost all credibility to me. Uh, the lyrics that stood out to me, I wrote them down. They ain't wish me luck. Which they ain't already fucking lost me. They ain't wish me luck on my future endeavors because they knew I wouldn't need it. I've been street and mistreated. I'm still the realest champ, bitch. Yeah, that had the bitch in there. Why not? Because I ain't never been defeated. All right. Uh, double negative. So, wait, ain't hold never. on. Is he like <laughs> still trying to piggyback off of WWE and basically saying I never lost the Cruiserweight title? I, I guess so. <laughs> Which is like you were booked not to lose. Yeah, like it, it was fake. it was fake fighting, <laughs> which you had no problem exposing in your first video. It's bury me a G. Um, I was like, you know, Tupac has a song with the same name, and isn't that like sacrilege when somebody who's nowhere near that level just takes the name <laughs> maybe he's wanting to, people to actually bury him then he's just kind of like stealing that away and inviting anybody to kill him yeah i feel bad because again i really liked him in wrestling i thought he was a great character i thought he was one of the only characters like let's be honest mm-hmm. he was cool even the the backstage stuff i was like that's great you never hear stories like that anymore. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah he seemed like an asshole to me. Like, but I'm, I won't but deny I'm that. But that. like, you know, and this is because I've heard and listened to so much shit about classic wrestling that when you see how calm and how loving everybody is towards one another, it's just like, wow, what a different landscape than the one I always hear about where it's like. And people would have shot each other for a spot on the card. And... <laughs> but they wouldn't have fought Haku. <laughs> you know, and that's that's sad but true. Like, you hear those stories. Of, this guy would take a bullet, but he wouldn't fight Haku in the yeah. bar. <laughs> Haku recently in an interview, he was just kind of like, I don't know why everybody says I'm the toughest guy. I'm not the toughest guy. But sometimes people fight you and you have to just like basically fucking kill them. And it's like, Jesus. <laughs> <dude>. <laughs> I love Haku. You should have given him a world title just for that. I got an idea. (laughs) Give me the belt. And then what? And then I beat everybody. Legitimately. And then everybody's like, all right. (laughs) Just give it to fucking Haku. 
Uh, fucking Enzo, though, like, if he does another one, it'll be on the hot tags. Like, we'll follow this because it's hilarious, but it's just hilarious in a way that it's awful. Well, you know what, Tony? If you don't agree with him, then you can die first, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the lyrics, too. He says it twice, I think, three times. That's one of the lyrics in the song. Like, apparently, there's a line in here that says, eat a dick. <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> obviously consensual though (laughs) like yeah he wants to make sure that i i agree to eating that dick which is not gonna happen (sighs) so let's talk uh let's talk about people that aren't in wwe anymore um that'll be our transition let's talk cm CM punk Punk. there's a couple things with cm punk here um first off ufc 225 well, no, no. Let, let's start at the beginning of the week. He won. He and Cole Cabana won. Their- oh, that's right. Yeah, we didn't re- recap that because that was still going on at the time. Yeah, he won the trial. Which, which um, you know, absolutely in every right, he won the trial because, the, you know, they looked at the doctor. They listened. I don't know if they listened to the podcast, but they heard the arguments. And they said, wait a minute. Your life hasn't been affected by this at all. You're still working. Right. <laughs> You know, nothing negative happened to you. You're just mad that they said some bad things about you. It really did, did come off as they were like, all right, what's your lawsuit about? Well, he was uh, tarnishing my image, and he went on this podcast, and he said things that weren't true. And then people are like, oh, all right, that's um, a matter of opinion. Okay, but what did he say? Well, he said that like I had done these things, whatever like that, and it's really affected my career. Okay, well, in, in what uh, capacity has it affected your career? Are you like, uh, did you lose your job? Well, no. Did you lose your clients? Ah, not really. Do people still respect you? Yeah, for the most part. All right, well, then what way did it fucking affect your career? Well, it made me sad, and uh, I, it was happening around Thanksgiving, and, uh, you know, I couldn't focus on my fucking turkey dinner. And it's like, okay. And actually, I believe it dropped on Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, that's that was uh, one of the notes that I had read that I was just kind of like, this, this is funny to be like, and it, it just dropped me from my fucking holiday with my family or whatever. And it's like, all right, number one, I'm of the opinion that holidays are overrated and they're very much marketed more than they are experienced for a lot of people. Um, I enjoy family time when I can, and I totally value that. But at the same time, I think that people put a little bit too much pressure on that like realistically if you know my birthday is coming up june 24th if somebody gives me a present on june 23rd because they can't be around me on the 24th i'm not going to be like you missed my birthday you like you know like for the most part i don't even fucking care about my birthday like that's one of those things so when people go like i'm gonna sue you for four million dollars because you fucked up my thanksgiving it's like <laughs> It's pretty ridiculous. Well, know? Nick from WrestleZone was in the courtroom, and he told me that he believes Eamon wanted $4 million from both, both of them. Yeah. That's, That's even worse. Insane. I think maybe if the number was a little more reasonable, maybe it wouldn't have been like, you know, such an easy case to call, but fucking... $8 million for a podcast that didn't even really affect your career? Right, for a podcast that said somebody's opinion after they had been released from a company, and it's a podcast. It's not like he 
did some sworn affidavit type of testimonial against him or that he went on like a campaign of like everybody should make sure that this person is fired or picketed outside of his office or yeah it's like he went on a podcast and he just talked about like this is my experience whether or not punk is true about that kind of a thing in all regards and whether or not he you know uh paints himself in a better light that's arguable uh well i i have no arguable, reason to believe but, that he lied like he said plenty of times in that you know episode he's like listen i was a miserable prick and i was not easy to deal with mm-hmm. but they had he probably practices. didn't yeah he probably didn't lie about anything he could have misremembered some stuff he could have uh, sort of had like a lie of omission of like, well, maybe I could have done this to make it better for myself, or maybe I ignored the doctor's advice here. Like, there's there's things like that, but it's like fundamentally, it seems like the case was, I got my feelings hurt, and I want eight million bucks, and it was just like <laughs> this is ridiculous. So he started that, you know, that that's a couple days ago, and that leads into the UFC fight. Now I had seen on some comment thread, I forget what it was, but I was laughing my ass off. Somebody was like, it's a shame that this trial didn't go past the UFC pay-per-view. So he could have shown up in court and somebody could have made a joke and been like, Oh, punk, it looks like you need a doctor. <laughs> I was like, I was like, man, that would have been so great. Well, but this was my philosophy going into UFC, right? I, I don't follow UFC. I have no idea who the fuck anybody is at all. Punk's opponent, never heard of the guy before, whatever. Apparently, he only had one other fight. And he lost to Mickey, Mickey Gall. Gall. Yeah. yeah. So, I, when I found that information out, I was like, what is this, a goddamn storyline? Like, you know, the two people that lost to Mickey Gall are going to fight it out to see who, like, what, you know, whatever. But I, when, they, when Punk did his match with uh, Mickey Gall, I rooted for Mickey Gall because I was just like, Punk is pissing me off and he seems like a jerk and I really want him to lose and get humbled this time around before the way in i was like i don't know anything about this uh jackson guy part of me is kind of thinking i want punk to lose part of me is not sold on it yet we'll see and then they did the way in and the dude did that weird pose and i was like all right i want punk to win <laughs> I was just like i don't fucking like this guy but then the fight happens you got a chance to watch the fight, right? Yeah, I watched the fight. I We were talking about it a little bit. I had actually messaged you beforehand thinking it should be a short fight because if Punk isn't, you know, up to standard, like Mickey Gall, the guy will finish him and it should be a quick fight. Right. Here's the fucking problem. And this is why I think even though everybody wants to shit on punk for being a pro wrestler who got a, a lucky break in UFC because he had name value. Mike Johnson should have, or did I say Johnson? Mike Jackson should have finished the fight. Yeah. Punk, a long while into it. Punk came out really strong. He even scored a takedown in the first round. I was like, all right, first round I think would be scored for punk. But then in the second round, Punk is clearly winded, and he's he's like going wild with these kicks, and it almost seemed like me playing as CM Punk in a UFC <laughs> video game. Well, you know, the, I made the joke when he kept doing that little spin move, 
that that ridiculous thing i was like is somebody pressing the wrong buttons on tekken what the hell's happening here yeah that's what it looked like but you know whatever my issue was punk went kept getting him up against the cage punk goes for a guillotine right and this dude is just no selling this fucking guillotine and he's not trying to fight out of it he's trying to make a point that oh this guy's a phony wrestler and i can finish him whenever but he never fucking finishes him Never. It goes the distance. It goes 15 minutes for no fucking reason. And on top of that, on commentary, you have Joe Rogan burying Punk. And Joe Rogan has made no bones about it. He hates pro wrestling. He thinks it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. And, like, I just felt so bad because Joe Rogan's on commentary going, oh, my God. Man, this this is pathetic. Like, uh, he, and Punk had a lot of heart. Punk did not give up. Unlike Mike Jackson, who was like, "Well, I'm just gonna fuck around." Punk was actively looking for ways to win. Like, he went for a triangle. He went for, you know, he just didn't have the technique to finish any of this, but he was going for stuff. And, you know, Jackson just kind of posturing up. He's not really trying to finish because he's just trying to embarrass them and make a point and joe rogan says on commentary if i if i was a conspiracy theorist i would think that somebody paid jackson to drag out this fight with punk that's the way it felt though i what i saw was a guy who isn't 100 percent confident in, in his own abilities because of his loss but is confident enough to know i can beat this fucking fake fighter guy and just decided to drag it out thinking I'm going to prove a point. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fuck with CM Punk. This guy's a big mouth wrestler. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to fuck with him. But to me, and Dana White kind of said it in his post-match comments, he came across looking like a fucking idiot because so much of this came up weird. I mean, he tickles CM Punk. Yeah. Because he's just trying to be a fucking dick and he's punching him and not even looking at him. Which does make you go, just punch him hard enough to end it. Just knock him out. You know? Like, just do it. Because, like you said, I mean, if he's trying to make a point of like, oh, I'm fucking around and I can do anything I want. This guy is not going to beat me. Maybe fuck around for a couple seconds and just be like, all right, now it's time for me to just put now this it's over. Ball and game, bitch. I'm going to elbow you in the face. Yeah, now I'm going to prove a point that I beat you and knocked you out and... Go see. At the end of this fight, I could have shown him mercy, and I didn't because I'm Mike fucking Jackson. You know, like. But it really did feel like he was dragging it out to try to make Punk go the distance and stuff. And afterward, Dana White saying they're both done. I was like, I don't fucking blame him. Yeah, I was like, that is the proper thing to say. Now, I'm not. You or I both. You just made the comment of. You get you, you get a paper cut sometimes, and you're like, "Oh, my day is ruined." Yeah, I, I'm about as much of a fighter and a as a unicorn is a real animal. But <laughs> to me, if you're in a real fucking fight, finish the fucking guy. Like mm-hmm. that. That's what was pissing me off. It's like at least Mickey Gall got it done in a minute and forty five seconds or whatever the fuck, because he's 
takes him he takes his career seriously. You're trying to make a name for yourself, fucking around with CM Punk, and you just came off looking like an asshole. <laughs> he probably it. thought if he was a douchebag enough that people would start thinking of him as like a new Floyd Mayweather type. Yeah. And nope. it's like instead you just lost your spot in UFC. And unless he, you know, they... gets some kind of big like media reaction to it, which the media reaction is about punk because nobody gives a shit about this Mike Jackson dude. The whole reason that he got any kind of spotlight was because he was fighting punk. Yeah, the only reason you watched his fight is because he's fighting mm-hmm. punk. Um, but okay, punk wanted to try MMA. I think a lot of the reason he wanted to, by the way, is because he was in a business where everything was, you know, everything's fake. And he wanted to boost yeah, his ego by saying, look, I'm a real fighter. Yeah. I don't even know if it was an ego trail. I don't, I don't see punk as being an egotist, but I think he was just like, man, my entire gripe with this company is that it was all, you know, puppeteered. I want to see if my own abilities can do anything for me. And, you know, I th- I don't know. I think maybe he feels satisfied with himself. You know, he chased something. He got it. He's probably feeling the best he's ever felt. You know? I think, unfortunately, if he tries to make a comeback in wrestling, that that stigma will always linger. Well, he has been saying, like, no, I'll never go back for wrestling and stuff, which is like, you never say never. And now that UFC seems to be off the table for him, I don't know what he's going to do. I will always hold out hope for punk wrestling the same way I will always hold out hope for a guy like Steve Austin to do one more match. Just because if you can, please do. You know, I was a huge fan of punk. I know you're not. I but liked Punk. I, like until he left WWE and started acting the way that he was acting, I actually really liked Punk. You know, I believe that he was legitimately one of the last guys to have it all. Like he could talk, he could work. Everything Punk did was really good, and I think he's one of the last guys who could do all of that really well. And I think to shit on him as we're going to talk about in a second, isn't necessarily the most fair thing in the world. You know? I don't know. See, I kind of see a little bit of a, a, a reason for that stuff, but it's it's dicey because it's kind of like your opinion can be swayed by certain things. And based off of the way that you're looking through, like whatever lens you're looking through it, it can change your opinion about it. Because when some people are saying like, what do you think about punk? And I go, well, I really liked him when he was in WWE. And then they go, what do you like? uh, What do you think about him in UFC? Then I would go, oh, he's awful. Then you would go, what do you think about him as a person? I'd go, well, I never met the guy. And then it's like, well, what do you think about him from the interviews you've seen? Oh, he seems like a dick. And then it's like, you know, it's like it changes and stuff. So with one thing that I think that it kind of bugs me a little bit is when people keep going, well, you can't deny that he has a lot of heart and you should just be, this is a very optimistic point of view where people say a lot of things in the lines of like, 
he had a lot of heart and you got to respect him for it. Uh, I don't think I have to like, I, I would never do what he did because I am not interested in combat sports on my own. And he would kick my ass in a second. So when people do the arguments where they say like, Oh, you couldn't fucking beat him up. No, I couldn't. Like, I'm never going to be able to say that I uh, could, and I'll never try to make that argument. But I don't think that just because somebody tries something and they failed that I'm sitting there going to like, you know, pat them on the back and immediately be like, oh, that's great. You did a fantastic job. Like the little bit of the cynical pessimist in me comes out where I go, yeah, he talked a lot of shit and he lost twice. He got humiliated twice. And that proved that he that he didn't have it. The end. Well, I think, like, you know, but like people forget people try to think, well, he's just a guy who talks shit. The first thing he said was, well, I'm either going to kick ass or get my ass kicked. There's no there's no other way about it. It's one or the other. And I think he went in there knowing that, hey, he might get his fucking ass kicked. And he did. And, you know, maybe. Let me, let me specify like a little bit of it. Like, I respect the idea that he had a dream that he wanted to accomplish and he got himself to a point where he got a shot. I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. Like, if you really fucking want to be an astronaut and you study and you get to the point where you're doing, like, the trials and you just don't get picked because of, like, some medical problem or something like that, then it's like, all right, you worked your ass off. Like, yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to be all like, oh, punk, man, he's such a, an inspiration and he... uh He's a great fighter, and it's like, no, he isn't. No, like, I'm not, yeah. well, not going to say he's a great fighter, but I think, you know, Joe Rogan going, you ain't Rocky, bro. You've been watching too many Rocky movies, bro. Just kind of like, I don't know, it took me out of it. And I told you, like, I'm a pro wrestling guy through and through, and whether he accepts this or not, I look at Punk in that world as representing pro wrestling. So even if I knew he was going to get his ass kicked i wanted in the win just because it was like come on wrestling guy you can do it <laughs> but i think brock already oh proved fucking, it brock is but brock is a fucking genetic freak you know punk it punk is not um i'll say this too if uh swagger gets into this a little more so than what he's already been done and stuff like i'll root for swagger if you know. Angle would have went to UFC instead of TNA, he'd be in their Hall of Fame right now. If he would have gone into UFC instead of WWE back in the day, like imagine what would have happened then. If UFC would have been as popular then, you know. Yeah, UFC at the time was a literal like fucking bare knuckle. Just I never heard of UFC until a couple years ago. <laughs> really? Never did. Maybe like ten years ago was like the first time that I ever heard about it. Yeah, I I think it's because from a very young age, I was watching like Shamrock. So I was very actively looking for Shamrock stuff. So that's how I yeah. did it. Shamrock, they made a big deal about him, but I had never like really paid too much attention about what they were talking about. It was just like, oh, he's one of those like boxer type guys. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, right. They do like the the Lions Den match, and I had no context to what the <laughs> octagon was. My uh, I had more of a context of W was it um, WMAC Masters? I think was the name of the show. 
this really shitty, lame Mortal Kombat type of show that they were trying to capitalize in, like, they used to air at, like, 8 in the morning on, like, Saturdays on, like, Fox Kids or some bullshit, where they would have, like, these fake Mortal Kombat type people, and they would have these, like, scripted cage match things and stuff. It was god-awful. I recommend anybody to check it out. It's either WMAC Masters or WAMC Masters or something like that. But it would be like, oh, this is Tiger Claw, and he's going to fight whatever. It's like a live-action Street Fighter shit. Um, so UFC for me is like one of those things where it's like, I'm never going to watch another UFC event until some name comes across that I'm interested in. Like, if Lesnar goes back, then I'll maybe watch the Lesnar fight, you know? But we'll see about that. But there's two other things to talk about with Punk, too. Um, Corey Graves is one of them. He pretty much like right afterward, wasn't it? Like right, right after the loss, mm-hmm. he uh, tweeted out, "Hey at CM Punk, call me tomorrow. I still love you." And um, he went on this whole thing about like Punk not being a good friend, and he even said like, "I'll fight him." Which is like, uh, that's the type of thing okay, where people I are think, like, guys. I think know, you might have been reading on after I did, because I only saw the ones that I had sent to the group chat where he's like, where he talks about what happened. Oh, uh, there's been other stuff. Did you see like the Kenny Omega thing? No. He, somebody had said, uh, let me see if I can find the, the thing about that. He had put something out there about like, Somebody was like, oh, like, you're real fucking punk rock yourself or something like that. And he tweeted back at them and said, like, essentially, like, kind of, like, shut your mouth. And uh, I guess you know exactly what's going on. I'm sure you love Kenny Omega. <laughs> like, <laughs> let me see if I can find this. Because this is... Um, uh, let's see. Remember the time I was forced to retire due to concussions? No, that wasn't the same way like that. Ah, maybe he deleted the one about the Kenny Omega thing. He apologized to Kenny Omega afterward. <laughs> uh, don't don't forget, y'all, I actually knew how to fight before I got to TV. Damn. Um, no, that wasn't the one. It was... um. Oh, wait, okay, here it is. So, for the people that aren't following it, here's some of them. Um, He had said, The first rule of punk rock is loyalty, and this guy betrayed it all. I still love you, quote, friend, and I'm sorry you got lost. And um, he had said before, That dude held my first son before I did because I was on tour, and I trusted him. I had dinner with him the week after he quit. He mentions a couple of different things here and there. The Kenny Omega tweet, He's uh, somebody says, um, in response to, you know, this kind of like shit talking and stuff like that. So where's your loyalty? Not to your friend who was clearly as unhappy as he ever was, but with your billion dollar corporation bosses. Yeah. Super punk rock, bro. Tell me all about punk rock, which, all right, let me go back to my previous thing about like how I don't fucking care about bands. <laughs> I also don't care about like, oh, I'm in this kind of music scene. I'm totally punk rock. And it's like, shut up. You're not a musician. So when people are like, this is so punk rock of you, you're a fucking idiot. Um, But he responds to that person. He says, my loyalty, oh, would you like the before or after? I've got both. I mean, one can only be shit on by their, quote, best friend for so long before they smarten up. No, 
but it's cool. I'm sure you love Kenny Omega, and you know more about this business and friendship than I do. <laughs> Which I thought that, that was really fucking funny. And um, a little bit afterward, he put, oh, and sorry, Kenny Omega, for dropping your negative name in a negative manner. You're rad. Congrats on your new hardware. <laughs> and Kenny Omega's like, hey, no worries. Um, I like that, though. And he essentially, the picture he puts out there, which... Uh, Sean Roth Sapp did a little bit of an interview with him to clarify a couple things. From what I gather, this is what it is. Maybe you can fill me in a little bit or uh, if I got the wrong opinions. Basically, he and Punk were really good friends. And after Punk left WWE, Punk gave Corey Graves and a bunch of other people an ultimatum saying, you either leave WWE or you're not my friend anymore. Yeah, I, I don't buy that. Because everything I've heard says that he just didn't talk to people. Like, he left, and he just was like, all right, I'm going to distance myself from that world. And he didn't talk to people. See, this is a weird thing, because it's one of those things where, because of social media, we're trying to, as outsiders, piece together a very personal... Very personal thing. Yeah, Yeah. very personal, man. Because I can... uh, from the way I feel like Punk felt after he left and the, from what I can decipher from these Graves tweets, I can very much sympathize with both men here. I've been in a Punk situation where, uh, you know, where something has made me miserable and I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to distance myself from everyone and everything associated with that thing. And I've been, as you know very well, in a Corey Graves situation where it's like, all right, we were as close as one and two, and you think you're successful now? So you bailed, and I think I might have a similar reaction to a Corey Graves, even if I still had love for that person, you know? like So it's very hard to comment on this because I think it's just very personal, and it's emotions, and... You know, it Mm. sucks. And with personal matters like that, there is always the opportunity that both sides are to blame. Yes. Or that neither side is to blame, really, and it's just a miscommunication. Because communication is really one of those major things that if you don't communicate enough in exactly the right way, so much can be misconstrued. So there could have been a situation where... He could have been like, look, I just kind of want to separate myself from everything. And the one or two wrong words in a text message could have implied, fuck you, leave the company, or don't be my friend anymore. And he might not have even meant that. So I don't necessarily disagree with Corey Graves' idea behind it. It very well could have happened. Plus, he could have actually done that. He could have said you either leave the company or you're not my fucking friend anymore because you're backing the guy that, that I'm against. Or it could be like, well, I felt like that was an ultimatum. And when you feel like something and there isn't an actual hardcore evidence for it, then you have to sort of give the other person the benefit of the doubt and say, well, my opinion is that you're saying this. And if you aren't, then I have to just admit that I'm wrong. And people never fucking do that. Never. It's always, well, you, I thought that you were doing that, so that's why I did this, and then whatever, and 
why didn't you communicate better? And it's like, it's a real shitty kind of thing, but I haven't heard anything really positive for the most part from almost anybody about the way that Punk was acting. And it seems like he has had issues with Kofi Kingston, that he's had issues with Colt Cabana. Have you ever been through a really shitty breakup or a really shitty firing or something? See, I don't know, because I look at the way that ex-girlfriends and I have interacted or friends of mine that I've lost contact with and stuff, or just not like friends anymore or whatever. And for the most part, I guess I haven't because it's either been amicable or I'm of the opinion that like nothing as horrible has happened that I wouldn't be willing to be like, all right, look that happened. But like, why don't we try to move on past it or something? Like, I don't know if that means I'm a nicer guy or, well, I think, I think there's always that option here. I think very well. Punk could say, you know, I'm sorry. It was a shitty time for me. I was a dick, you know, but I still have love for you. Let's move forward. That hey, look, if Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart can hug on uh, <laughs> WWE, anything could happen. And Even I though mean, it seems but, like Bret's still kind of pissed. Those two, I was going to say, Bret's still a little bitter. <laughs> <laughs> Bret's like, I'll hug you, but uh, I'm not going to fucking talk to you. You're not coming over to my Thanksgiving dinner and ruining <laughs> But it's weird because, like we've said, it's a personal issue, so none of us... And even the, not even to specify, none of us are friends with these two. Even if you are friends with these two, it's still not really. Your you still don't them. know. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I could be friends with two different people, and they can be having an argument, and I still have no idea what the argument's about because nobody knows what anybody is like outside of beyond the closed your, doors your that they can see. Yeah. So I would not advise anybody to take either side a hundred percent. Although you kind of make your decisions based off of what you can see. And I think a lot of people just choose on who they like and what they like. Like I have a friend who's like, yeah, Corey is a dick and I'll, I'll never like him again because, you know, he's just he's an asshole. And he tries to put himself out there and put himself over for things. And again, just totally talking from a social media context and what they see. And I don't like that. The only reason I'm even talking about it now is because you know it's what we do we're making a podcast here but i hope it works out for them i hope they can rekindle their friendship or kind of come to some mutual agreement and you know punk seems to be in a healthier place in his life yeah he seems like now maybe he's got at least a little bit of closure on some things and i think that Corey graves was kind of kicking somebody when they were down, which isn't going to help their relationship. But there's always a chance that people just go and hash things out. So I don't want to hear if they start being chummy again. Oh, it was all the work. You know, it's never a smart idea to be very emotional and take to a very public platform. Right. Especially when you're in the public eye and you're, one of the voices of a major promotion that's currently in litigation <laughs> with well no to be fair that they weren't in litigation the fucking doctor without any backing you know tried to sue them 
Ed said, I want $8 million for my feelings. <laughs> and for that matter, we're making fun of the Chris Amon thing. I don't fucking know that guy either. So it's like, yeah, he you know, might whatever. be a good guy. He just might be like a. And I feel like uh, there's a little, bit, a little bit of karma on me because I just today got my first ever summons for jury duty after talking about all this like trial stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, if it comes down to it, I guess I'm going to figure out a way to get disqualified because the way that I'm opinionated, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're not going to want me. You know? Yeah. If they're like, so what's your opinion about such and such? I'll be like, all right, I've got opinions. And then they'll be like, right, we don't fucking like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I've got opinions. Like, I mean, I filled out in my application, I they put, you know, what's your uh, job? And I put down online journalist and podcast host. And it's like, you probably don't want me to do something based off of, like, discretion. I talk about people that I don't know on a weekly basis and either make fun of them, talk about how I don't like them, <laughs> you know, like different things like that. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe there'll be um, some great trial of Tony Mango in the future of me getting thrown out of a court or something. But, I hope um, you don't, because that would just throw our fucking schedule through. Yeah. Well, if I end up having to spend a week at the uh, beginning of August on some kind of bullshit like that, then woo. Real fucking fun. Well, um, the last thing with Punk being Brock Lesnar broke the record today. Yep, that is the last CM Punk thing. Not the last hot tag. We still have more. I told you it was going to be a long one. But Brock Lesnar surpassed CM Punk's world title reign, and there's been some discussion. Ben posted uh, something on the Mega Maniacs of getting people's opinions about it. Some people going, well, it doesn't really count because it's not the same championship. Other people going, yeah, it does because it's a world title. Other people going, oh, fuck you, it doesn't count because he's never there. Other people saying it's exactly the same. Punk is... Uh, you know, in the past, and Brock Lesnar is the best thing ever. What's your gut reaction to this? I mean, we know it was going to happen, so it's not a surprise, but... Um, honestly, I wasn't... It's not like I think a lot about Brock Lesnar and keep track of the days. So when the tweet came on screen, I just started laughing. Because I was like, oh my god, they've even hashtagged 435. I guarantee you there will be a suplex city limit 435 t-shirt going towards SummerSlam. Or well, once you, it's, once you get 435, then it's one 436, 437. Like the, you know, that's, uh, that's where true. it I gets guess, a little weird. Well, I guess once he whatever that number is that he stops at is going to be the merchandise. Like how Punk, when he was a babyface again, they came out with the best in the world 434 T-shirt. Yeah. Uh I I just think it's. The whole Lesnar thing, and again, without getting too much into Money in the Bank and wrestling talk, uh, it's just so sickening to me because Raw is so boring because it has no stakes, because it has no champion, and it is it is what it is. You got rid of the Punk record. Yay. You got rid of AJ's record with Nikki Bella. Yay. Maybe you can finally just stop trying so bluntly to get rid of these people but no it doesn't mean as much because with punk it was like wait a minute holy shit this guy's been on tv every week and he's still fucking he's still champion from that one time at survivor series really and it just it felt like a bigger deal because he was defending every month 
He was, you know, defending on Raw even. And with Brock, it's like, yeah, he's been champion for 435 days, but we've seen him maybe 20. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. And it's the same exact thing that has happened every time when it comes to Brock. And it's the same argument. So I'm not going to repeat it a whole lot because I've repeated it ad nauseum. But Brock Lesnar's never around. So the title doesn't mean much to me when he does pop up because when he does pop up, he pops up in the same regard as The Undertaker does. When The Undertaker shows up, he does one thing a year and he's a legend and it's amazing and everything else like that. But that's because he's earned the right to have his one Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar hasn't earned the right, in my mind, to be somebody who is constantly the top priority, who beats absolutely everybody, including The Undertaker and beating the streak, and holds the championship hostage for over a year. And then to go like, well, he's uh, booked as really big, and that's why it's a big deal when he pops up. I could argue the case that that would be really good if every time he popped up he had an interesting match, but he doesn't. He has the same match every single time. It's just German suplexes and then an F5. And even worse, he has them for the same fucking people. So his title reign for this year has been Samoa Joe, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns. Braun Strowman, Samoa Joe. (laughs) That's it. So why do I care? Like, well, and Callum and I, we, we watched Dominion together. And we were talking about Lesnar, and we were saying how people forget that Lesnar wasn't a bad worker. Like, Lesnar used to be one of the top performers, but after that match with Cena, they were just like, oh, you're telling me we can get all this mileage out of suplex, suplex? Just do that, Brock. Like... Yeah, and I don't put it past him to just be like, fine, I'll totally phone it in. I, I don't have to do as much and I get paid the same and why would I bust my ass? I think there's a an element of Lesnar that likes being in WWE. Like the one time I really saw him had the time of his life was the night after he won the title from Cena and he just kept telling Brock, uh he kept telling Paul, say my name again. Brock, let's do it again. And he was just, like, having the time of his life. Is that the, uh, hey, Paul, say something stupid? No, that was the year before, which was funny. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Was, which was just the weirdest thing. But even then, like, right before the Cena match, he was still trying to be a worker. And it was just, like, now it's just, oh, he's suplexes. And he's not around. But he's got this belt, which is supposed to be important. My only issue with it is it kills the Raw brand. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it, and it, even more so with the Raw and the, the title and everything like that, if we get a Raw Money in the Bank winner, then for the time frame that Lesnar hasn't dropped it to somebody else, <coughs> Roman Reigns, <coughs> it's going to be like, all right, Mr. Money in the Bank, he can cash in anytime he wants when Brock Lesnar's around. Well, I which, brought up this idea to you guys. In the group chat, I was like, wait a minute, logically, why wouldn't every Raw wrestler just go, hey, Kurt, we're going to walk out on you and go to SmackDown because they actually hold their champion accountable. 
Mm-hmm. Why would anybody want to go to Monday Night Raw? You know, you can't even call it the A show. It's just a show. It's a meaningless show with no belt. Especially since they went through all this trouble with The Miz to try to bring the Intercontinental Championship back. And if it weren't for The Miz, the Intercontinental Championship would not mean as much as it means right now. Now that Seth Rollins has taken on that fire and he's continuing that as well as he could, it's still just not good enough because you still know that it's the Intercontinental title and the whole thing is just being ignored of the Universal title. So he beat the rain, which is like, like you said, it's like, okay, now we can write CM Punk and AJ Lee off. And now we still know his contract expires in August, but it's just a matter of when does it expire in August? Is it going to be expiring before or after SummerSlam? More than likely, I'm assuming it expires after SummerSlam and it'll be like, let's build up Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar and do that whole thing all over again. And the annoying thing about that situation is that we spent over a year with Brock Lesnar doing this shitty title reign and they dragged it out an extra couple of months to beat this punk title reign just to get us to a spot where Roman Reigns is a champion. Now people are going to be even more frustrated. You know what I mean? I, I think, think it's the dumb. universal title needs a legitimate reign. Otherwise it's, ju- it's the most useless world title in history. If the person following what I'm assuming is going to be Roman Reigns, because Roman Reigns isn't going to get, he's not going to get a good title reign. He might have a long title reign, but it's not going to be a good one. Cause who's he going to fight? He's going to fight Bobby Lashley. Nobody gives a shit about him. Braun Strowman. Everybody would want Braun Strowman to win, but nobody would want the feud to happen. Is he going to fight Kevin Owens? We've seen it. Him against Seth Rollins? We've seen it. Him against Dean Ambrose? We've seen it. Everything has already been done, and there's no fire behind that. So whoever moves on after Roman Reigns, that person needs to rehaul the title the same as somebody like The Miz did with the Intercontinental because the Universal Championship is the proppiest belt out of all the props. It's the only belt that I've ever really felt like is a prop. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. It's a Because da- it's supposed to be the best one. It's a damn shame. Uh, okay. So we still have a couple more things to talk about. This is a quick one. It's just kind of interesting story because, you know, not all serious things. Well, this is serious, but not for us. Um, Lana and Rusev got robbed. In their, yes, they got robbed uh, at their hotel room in Memphis. Memphis uh, Sheridan Hotel. The cleaning service apparently stole the money from Rusev's wallet and Lana's camera. So that sucks. Yeah. Um, I was on Twitter because, you know, I do the news during the day and I saw that and I just went, well, it's not a happy Rusev day in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> like,. It sucks, but, you know, some people are shitty. That's why you can't trust a lot of people. Uh, terrible thing. I, w- I would advise not going to the Sheridan in Memphis, Tennessee. But This is a really bad thing for me to think of, but um, it just popped into my mind. Whoever stole the camera... Might have some uh, good... <laughs> if it's got, if we get leaks popping up at some point, well, it, you d- we you know, know where the source it. is. Yeah, you know who did it. So if, you know, tomorrow afternoon or something like that, you see some news report of like CJ Perry leaked on you know some kind of new happening thing or something like that. Then it's like, 
Okay, Sheridan Hotel. <laughs> You're responsible for that kind of. Wonder who uh, in the cleaning crew did that. You know? I mean, somebody definitely lost their job today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that the Sheridan are not happy with that negative press. And they shouldn't be because, hey, they employed somebody who stole something. So, um, also kind of curious whenever something like that happens, when like somebody steals or like, like that and they risk their job, it kind of makes me go, well, they must have stolen from plenty of other people too. You know? Unless this person was just like, I know who that is. I'm, I'm going to try to see if there's something on this camera. And hey, they're WWE superstars. They could, they got to have money in their wallet. <laughs> well that's the money thing is even more concerning to me because it's like the camera thing I could think maybe they were like oh I can steal like Lana's camera and maybe she's got some pictures on there or whatever um, although part of me would think like they would just sort of maybe send them to themselves or something and try to avoid that problem but then to be like ah, I guess I'm just gonna like, take the money out of his wallet too it's just kind of like happy Rusev day to me <laughs> yeah it's kind of like what are you like a pickpocket in like Victorian or something like that like, it's just, I don't know it's something weird um that's a kind of random thing. Uh, another uh, sort of random thing to pop up with. Uh, we couldn't find this, but you had said something about like there's a WWE short coming out. Okay, What's so the story behind that? WWE released their network schedule, right? And it had said that two WWE shorts were coming today. And then I looked on the website and I couldn't find these dirty shorts yep can't find them anywhere maybe it's popping up tomorrow maybe just a glitch and there is nothing i don't know well i'm i'm looking back yes there's two new episodes on monday june 11th that is today and yeah i don't see it hmm uh, a couple other things that you had mentioned to me that I am actually unaware of. Noam Dar is coming back with a millennial gimmick. Okay, so according to Ryan Satin of Pro Wrestling Sheet, you know Ryan Wright, former TMZ guy, he is claiming that Noam Dar is coming back and that there may be interest in him doing like some entitled, spoiled millennial gimmick, which I think is hysterical. And I would love to see. And I think Noam Dar can pull it off really well. He did the Alicia Fox stuff very well. He did the what? The Ali- yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Alicia Fox. <laughs> That's about as long as he still does that, I don't care. <laughs> Which uh, Alicia Fox is supposed to be coming back. Although there is another report saying that she may be leaving soon because her contract's coming up at a certain point. She's been there for ten years. Holy shit, 10 years. So they did a drop the mic, right? Where it was WWE Diva. Well, I can't say Divas, even though I should when I tell you this lineup, versus the cast of Glow. Who do they have representing the WWE women? It's the Bella Twins, of course, and Alicia Fox and Summer Rae. Summer Rae? Uh, Hold on, I believe it was Summer Rae. Because she's been out of WWE for a while. And I'm like, bro, are we really going back to 2010 here? Try to look this up. Because Summer Rae to me, that seems uh, 
Apparently, Jericho is going to be on. Oh, I've no, never seen sorry, Drop not, the not Summer Rae. Drop the mic. Sorry, Carmella. You're not Summer Rae. Uh, <laughs> all right, that makes a lot more sense then. I haven't seen this uh, Drop the Mic thing. I, I haven't actually I seen had, any Drop the uh, Mic. Summer Rae in my head. But, yeah, it's Carmella, Alicia Fox, and Brie and Nikki Bella, which is ridiculous because, you know, Brie and Nikki Bella are the face of the division for some reason. Alicia Fox hasn't been there in like a year and hasn't done much. And Carmella is the only active competitor there. But I guess it's cast of Total Divas versus cast of Glow. Do you know which uh, people on Glow are uh, on there? Kate Nash, Brittany Young, Jackie Tan, and Sunita Manny. No, so not Allison Brie. Damn. Yeah, she is something. She's um, a, she's a top tenner right now. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, one thing I I did watch a clip, and one of the women from Glow was like, "So, so you're the Total Divas cast, and and you know, so the punchline was it's too bad." That only one of you, you know, you represent WWE, but it's too bad only one of you gets to mooch off John Cena. And I just started bawling laughing because I just thought that was hysterical <laughs> to, to say, you know, fuck all of you. And only one of you gets to mooch off John Cena. I feel like that would be, uh, oh God, what was their character's name? Um, not Pancho Villa. Who is it? Machu Picchu. I feel like it would be like her. That would say that. No, it wasn't. Glow uh, season two comes out soon, doesn't it? Wouldn't that be the whole reason why they're doing that? Doesn't it like the end of June? Uh, I think it might be. You two act like athletes. Come on, let's be real. Venus and Serena don't have a reality show deal. Oh, and a challenge for anyone to sit through Total Divas. It's too bad only one of you gets to mooch off John Cena. <laughs> I just think that's hysterical. Like, very, very good on the cast of Glow. Also, apparently Jericho is on this episode. Hmm. Uh, but uh, speaking of Jericho, he's the new IWGP Intercontinental Champion. Uh, he needed to add one more Intercontinental title reign to try to offset the Miz, right? So did you, um, well, he already had one on the Miz, now he's got two. Yeah, now it makes it even harder. Um, did you watch the full match? No, I was not able to watch the full match. I uh, tuned into it when it had already started. I watched the majority of it, and I thought it was fun. Did you I, I didn't see uh, Omega. Okay, so... Mostly because real... it's like long as hell, and I haven't had the time. Real quick, because um, there's a couple of stuff... From Dominion that was really worth talking about. The Young Bucks won the IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team titles, and at the end of it, they go to Don Callis, who's doing the English commentary, and say, I feel so good. I'm going to make somebody's day right now. Don, we need somebody behind the headset for All In. Are you All In? And Callis accepts, which means... 
that all in will be streamed and now or at this, least recorded this was a no-brainer to me because why would you do the biggest wrestling show that's that's not WWE in years and not stream it but this was like confirmation of okay this is going to be streamed and released um Meltzer I listened to the Observer radio after that said that this is a big deal and there's going to be TV people there and this might lead to some huge things now outside of that Tetsuya Naito and Chris Jericho had an absolute fucking war. And I should mention, I watched this five-hour show with our colleague, Callum Wiggins. And for for two people who are up at three in the morning and eight in the morning, respectively, this show flew by. And we were having the time of our lives. And to see Jericho win was an absolute shock. And it's pretty cool to know that he's going to stick around in New Japan. But obviously what everyone was talking about at the end of it was Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. Now, I had the total time at 65 minutes and two seconds because I was pausing when they took the two-minute breaks. It was a two out of three, three falls match. This is the best match I've ever fucking seen in my life. And I'm a WWE guy, strictly. But I've never watched one of their matches without knowing the result prior and the things that they did and i would really implore you to watch this match it was an absolute masterpiece and gokata by the way held that title for 720 days so just 10 days shy of two full years with the championship belt omega one they introduced a new english speaking New Japan president. They're really moving forward with global expansion. I'm so excited to see what this company does because they're doing, they're making so many moves that this is a really exciting time to keep an eye on them. But this Omega Okada match, people watch the fucking match. It's, it's, it's a long one, but it may be the best match you've ever seen in your life. I still with the global expansion idea to me, I can't imagine that New Japan Pro Wrestling yeah. could expand into America without making no sense. We were talking about that. We talked about maybe them calling it when they go to other companies, they're branded as Strong Style Evolved. And we were talking about maybe that being the name of the promotion going forward. But man, or just, you know, the even though uh, it says New Japan Pro Wrestling, the belts are the International Wrestling Grand Prix. Belt. That that sounds like a legit company then. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go for that. If you pitch the idea of the International Wrestling Grand Prix, that sounds like it's on par with World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see where they go moving forward. I'm glad All In is being streamed. Because you already said that we'll do a preview and a post show. And I'm super excited for that. I wish I could go to Chicago for it. Um, when is it? It's September 1st? Yep. I guess I got to put that down in my uh, notes. 
because if it's going to be streamed, I mean, there is a chance that maybe it isn't streamed. Maybe it's just that they're recording stuff, you know, but I highly doubt that that's the case because why wouldn't they, you know, but all in, uh, as much as I don't watch, you know, like ring of honor and stuff, we will do a post show of that. Like, unless something really crazy is happening where it's like, you know, I can't do it on that day, but that's a Saturday. I'm pretty sure I'd be fine. Why wouldn't we? You know what I mean? It's all in. Like, that's the biggest indie wrestling show that they've gotten for, I don't know. Ever. God knows how many years. Yeah, ever. I would argue everything. ever because this this show. They don't even right have a fucking now, card yet, and it's still like. Yeah, I mean, what is the card? It's Cody and Magnus, which may be a, two, uh, a title for title, which could signify some type of unification, which I, I, I'm all for certain brands merging just you tell me you're gonna merge impact ring of honor nwa and this iwgp thing you merge them all together i will give my stamp of approval i don't without think, even knowing what it is i don't think you need to merge you know new japan with it but if you at least merge the nwa and impact with ring of honor just because those other brands are so damaged and maybe not even so much impact they're trying hard with that but the nwa brand to me just seems so passe and you you would have to not call it all in wrestling yeah because that sucks <laughs> that's not um, that's not a company time uh, title it'll be interesting maybe they'll just call it elite wrestling like it's gonna be interesting to see what happens yeah maybe uh, we have two more things to talk about here that I've got written down. One of them is real quick. It's just <laughs> kind of funny more than anything else. Baron oh, Corbin shaved me. his head. Baron Corbin has shaved his head. <laughs> he, he turned into the skit. He went, how long? Where people would be like, hey, you're losing your hair. And he'd be like, fuck you, pal. And then it's like, yeah, okay, I, I actually am kind of losing my hair. I should just shave my head. He looks weird. But I, I think I that's like mostly because I'm just not used to it. Events call, you think? In my head... So he, in has the head, same uh, reaction that like, he had with uh, Aiden English at WrestleMania. Probably. I hate your damn haircut. Shave your head. <laughs> well, in my head, they're doing this constable thing with him, and I just see him going, well, God, you're you're losing your hair. Why don't you just shave it off? You know, and you look like real tough. Man, you're you're the enforcer. No, you're you're the constable. <laughs> and like you know like just, just that's what i see in my head like, yeah like well you can't have a businessman with long hair look at triple h <laughs> i just think it's funny because like he popped up and everybody immediately went like hold on a second <laughs> i just said no i like the look it was a different look it didn't look like you know like i said he looks like lars sullivan to me but like <laughs> with a better face and tattoos it's going to take a while for me to get used to it. I was thinking, like, if he would have done anything, he would have trimmed it to a short haircut, not just flat out bald. But some people look better bald. I haven't seen him enough to make a judgment for it yet. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we'll end up really getting used to it. And our final thing to talk about here, this is the most recent thing, unless something else has happened, and I probably should double-check to see if there's not, like, some report or something crazy, but seemingly the most recent thing is that there was a WWE photo shoot episode with uh, Goldust. 
And for the most part, this didn't really say anything that hasn't already been said in some capacity, but I think that it did dive a little bit into some other things more so than I was kind of expecting it to. Like they had a little bit of knowledge that I wasn't aware of, um, that Piper broke his hand during the Hollywood backlot brawl. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, that one I did know. Uh, it was, I didn't know that they filmed it two weeks in advance. Yeah, either. I, I thought, thought it was, was like, like a, a couple day. days. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. Two weeks in advance. That's a little much. You could tell that it was filmed in advance, but like two weeks to me, like that seems when they, he said like, Oh, two weeks out, we filmed that. I was like, Whoa, really? Two weeks of that? Matt, you could never do that now. If you record something and then two weeks later you air it, then what are you, the UK division tournament? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, no, even that's only a week in advance. I don't know, just make it a joke. But <laughs> the, for the most part, the episode I thought was pretty good. It was just like, Here's a little story about this. Here's a little story about that. Not the most informative, not the craziest stories. Um, they didn't spend a lot of time on the WCW side of things. Spent a lot of time Do on the Goldust ever? character. They don't really, but sometimes you could. Like, I would like to see more of that side of things. Maybe do a WWE photo shoot of, like, Sting, you know, and not focus on his terrible WWE side of things. But I liked it. I think that people should check it out if they want to, if not just for the section where he's talking about Ahmed Johnson, because that part's funny. You know, uh, the gold, the original Goldust character to me is one of the better characters. And people say, well, the original Goldust doesn't age well because, you know, you're getting cheap heat and trying to get people to be insulted by him acting like a homosexual. And I, I just think it was, it was good. And I think it would even work today. I really do. Because I think you would legitimately have a split crowd of an LGBT community who would idolize him. <laughs> he would be the biggest baby face. <laughs> and then you'd have, let's just for a lack of any other better term, call them Trump people. Mm-hmm. Like, and he would be the biggest deal. <laughs> yes, it would be so good. Velveteen Dream, I would kill. I hope they up the ante with the sexuality on the Velveteen Dream. And they need to do Velveteen Dream versus Gold Dust at some point. It has to happen. Um. Yeah, but I really liked it. I I like Gold character. I think. The, like the the electrocution thing with the Tourette's <laughs> and he's like uh, you know that Booker T is going to be the new world heavyweight c- c- cornbread damn it cornbread and it's like oh, if you, people think that's offensive too but that shit was funny when I was growing up I don't know <laughs> it was just funny Um, but I guess that's it so uh I'll, I'll end it on this. Chat me up, Tony. What's your favorite Goldust match or memory? Hmm. <laughs> well, I went to In Your House Mind Games. Wow. That was the first WWE show I ever went to. <laughs> wow, that's iconic. And seeing that uh, Goldust appearance, like that always kind of stands out on my mind. Not specifics behind it, but I do remember... Like, 
sitting in like the second tier and being all like you know like surprised i get to see the undertaker uh come out and Goldust come out and mankind and all that like when people mention gold dust i tend to like immediately jump right to that kind of but uh i don't know i also kind of think like that time frame more than anything else and then i start getting into like the artist formerly known as gold dust then i'm just kind of like yeah that's kind of fucking weird <laughs> i don't know if i have a standout match that i can think of i really liked the brotherhood with him and cody rhodes i didn't like him and stardust him and cody against the shield at battleground that was a great fucking match oh. um and by the way i'm surprised you couldn't remember at mind games he fought the undertaker yeah that's why i said like i get to see undertaker coming out gold dust coming out like they but i don't i don't remember specifics behind like exactly how the match ended and stuff well they like, fought in a, uh no holds barred type deal and i don't with the urn happened i'm pretty sure uh no because bearer was with uh mankind that night um again i know way too much <laughs> uh yeah i've always liked the original Golda, specifically the entrance and the theme song like the original theme song before they amped it up a little bit but just a really cool like almost creepy entrance and uh, i think marlena's hot marlena (laughs) was hot i think we need more characters and more you know Maybe more sexuality. We could use some more sexuality on WWE, I think. Especially if it's people like uh, Marlena. (laughs) (laughs) And with that being said, that is a wrap on our hot tags. Yep. So everybody, make sure you drop a comment below and tell us what you think about all these things that we've been talking about here for well over an hour and a half. Very long hot tags. Tell us how much you despise when Tony doesn't do these by himself because he keeps it to 20 minutes. (laughs) Oh, then those 20 minutes end up being me going, uh, my opinion is this, and that's the end of it. Nobody has a different opinion, and fuck it. <laughs> the end. That kind of a thing. So it's better when I get that. Um, as far as other things for you guys to be aware of, hit that subscribe button and ring the bell for notifications, because coming up this week, we've got TakeOver and Money in the Bank, which means we've got predictions for both of those. And then on Saturday and Sunday, the TakeOver and Money in the Bank post shows for obviously uh, the events themselves. Also, this isn't podcast related yet, but Friday, the day before TakeOver, that is when the preliminary round of the Sexiest Superstars Tournament is being posted. I already have all the information up there. I've already determined that you need to eliminate 37 men and 14 women. I know, it sucks, but did a whole thing on Mega Maniacs, figured out, the right amount of people to do that and that's the furthest i could trim it down and we won't talk about that on the takeover money the bank post shows but we will be talking about them the following week uh the next hot tags are gonna at the very least cover the undercover boss episode and the wwe 24 hardy boys special Uh, not too sure what else we're gonna cover um, we won't cover the sexy superstars tournament on the hot tag, so you're gonna have to wait a little bit for that because we'll we likely also have talk about AJ Styles and TNA on something else to wrestle. Probably that too. And on top of doing one special thing of the preliminary round of the sexy superstars tournament next week, we also have the mailbag. So 
Over these next couple of days, think about your mailbag questions, send them in whenever you get a chance to. Remember, we are covering pay-per-view talk during the pay-per-view things. So any questions you submit about, like, who do you think is going to win Money in the Bank? We're going to talk about that already. You know, maybe you you can ask a question like, all right, it's a few months out, book WrestleMania or main event of WrestleMania. That's fine. You know, fun speculation. As long as there's things that aren't going to be covered up for the two pay-per-views that we're doing right now, like, you know, uh, same discretion as it always is. And um, that's the main things that you guys should be aware of. The United Kingdom Championship Tournament will be happening the 18th and the 19th, but since that's being recorded in advance, we're not going to be doing a post-show because it's not going to be airing then. So what this boils down to, just to give everybody another quick like little recap... Takeover predictions coming up next. Money in the Bank predictions coming up after that. Uh, Friday, Sexy Superstars Tournament gets posted on the website. Takeover post show, Money in the Bank post show. Then we've got hot tags coming up. Then we've got mailbag. Then we've got tournament. Or tournament and then mailbag. I haven't quite figured out which we're going to do first. Probably actually the tournament first and then the mailbag just for an extra day for people to be able to send in their mailbag questions. But we'll see Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the recording is. Then we'll get into more stuff after that round one of the tournament will be popping up on episode 343 along with the UK championship King of the ring or whatever they want to call it tournament recap and so on and so forth. But stay tuned for all that stuff happening here. You could also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at smart out moment Pay attention to fanboysanonymous.com because I might be doing some more stuff there. It all depends on how much time I have. But I have started up Weekend Geek again. And if it gets a little bit of traction and I have the time and people are interested uh, in it, then maybe I'll do Weekend Geek as a podcast. And maybe that'll be like the Fanboys Anonymous equivalent of the hot tags. Could happen. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe an audio commentary track coming up. Potentially Jurassic Park. I don't know. So stay tuned for Fanboys Anonymous, too. Uh, Follow Robert on his things over there uh, on Twitter and elsewhere. Anything you want to toss out? Um, At Dude Felice. That's D-U-D-E-F-E-L-I-C-E. Stay tuned to WrestleZone.com because when I'm not doing stuff for Smart Out Moment, I'm doing the news for WrestleZone.com. Stay tuned to the Triple Threat this week. It's It's a Money in the Bank preview. And, yeah, that's about it. Buy a t-shirt at tpublic.com slash moment. Hooventude Pornhub parody. <laughs> Get it. Uh, I've thought of a couple other little designs when I couldn't sleep last night. Maybe I'll work on them. Maybe I won't. I don't know. We'll see. So maybe some more designs coming up soon too. But thank you all for listening to this two hours of this kind of talk. As always, uh, Patreon. Very, very uh, helpful if you guys want to show your support there. If you don't have the spare change and you want to show your support elsewhere, share the video, like the video, pass it around, tell your friends, and just keep tuning in. Thanks again for listening, everybody. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and we are being counted out. 